the way. And this and all other blessings we ask through prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. I thought I'd share with you some reflections also this afternoon. Because I did this morning on Dr. King. This is uh, Dr. King's um, weekend of celebration and reflection and thanksgiving. And so I hope that we're able to share something that will take us a little further down the road of what God would have us to know about how he spoke so eloquently through Dr. King. Some of you may know, if not all of you probably know, that Semitic languages, which include Hebrew, um, including Biblical Hebrew, and modern Hebrew too, uh, vowels are more important than vowels in writing. And it's the strangest thing to new people studying Biblical Hebrew, for instance. How can you speak and write? A language without using a vowel? How do you know what is halako, hileko, holako, whatever? Until you get accustomed to it, until you realize how much uh, what we what comes out of us, so to speak, is it's already in there. It's a, a lot of stuff is intuitive, if I may put it that way. You just kind of know after you have dealt with it for a while. It's not that the vowels are not important. Um, they're called vowel points. They're not necessarily exactly like our vowels. But you can write Hebrew perfectly with or without vowel points. Or some if you want. But I've always, it's always by, uh, like I was saying this morning, <laughs> we, we don't like to say as Christians talk about coincidences, but I just thought I was always very, and you know, it always kind of made me think and reflect sometimes about something that is special, and I'm going to call it coincidental, special, at least special to me. I wanted to write the name King in several languages. I could just simply write MLK. MLK. 
that would be king. That there was, if I read it, I'll say Malek, Malak, however the consonant and vowel, you know, meet with the surrounding context. And maybe that's why, you know, in many uh, cultures that have Arabic and, and other Semitic background and so many men, so many males, uh, named Maleko, Maleko, something similar. Bible is full of it. Sometimes it's there, but it's not that obvious, like Malachi and stuff like that. Have something to do with um, King someplace. Uh, it's not trivial, I, I don't think. Uh, I, I just think that spiritually there's a lot more connecting here and there and everywhere that sometimes we may or may not realize. I wanted to share with you something specific, specific about Dr. King this afternoon. As it relates to us, always, you know, we try to make it uh, connect to us. Uh, several years ago, I was invited to a luncheon with uh, Dr. King's son, Martin Luther King the third, the third. And uh, kind of took the uh, co-pastor and me by a little surprise, not the invitation, you know, um, um, that was, I guess, bound to happen at some time, you know, we would meet our path would cross. But when we got there, it was the co-pastor, myself, and two other people of great distinction made, made me wonder why were we invited. But, you know, just us, just Martin Luther King the third, these two very noble people, a co-pastor, well, she's noble, and poor little me. And we had this lunch together, and we talked about many things. And something that has struck with me over the years, and by no means I want to make it plain, clear, upfront. I am not being critical in any way whatsoever. But it has taught me some things important over the years. It was said to me by one of the distinguished people there afterwards, it was said, 
What a wonderful man he is. But he's not his daddy. And the covenant was not meant to put down anyone. Certainly not to put down Dr. I mean Martin Luther King the third. In fact, it was meant to do the opposite. Elevate him. And uh, because uh, how many people could you compare with Dr. King? You know, anyhow. But I've thought about that. And over the years, they've taught me some things. I'll just see kings. How to see people in position of grave and great responsibilities. How to see families affected by such kings and queens taught me a lot when you come to think about it. And for the last two classes on Thursday night, we have been sharing how David being a fugitive, running away from Saul, the first king of Israel. And David, who some had recognized, even as he probably downplayed it, but also anointed to be a king. How and when he may not have known. King Saul, how and when he didn't care. He just didn't want somebody to be king, particularly somebody else, that is, particularly if it would mean that he would no longer be king. And we came upon Upon, upon some verses which I shared not only last Thursday night but before how David had uh, family had got caught up with this too David's family literally had to hide and I stressed over and over and I I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but so David was not the only person in, in trouble, but so was his family. A beautiful thing happened in uh, 1 Samuel as the story unfolds about how David uh, may show that uh, his family was um, was protected while he flee from Saul. 
And I wanted to share that, 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 that thought with you this afternoon about how people being anointed have to go through a lot of things. So apart from titles and responsibilities, there's lots of emotional turmoil and lots of emotional up and down. And when they meet with resistance, their families are often affected. So as I said, as I, 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 as I reflected on, on what was said after that luncheon, so he's a great man, he's a wonderful person, but he's not his daddy. I thought about that because it was meant to be a compliment, but there might be something missing. First of all, I don't think uh, Dr. King wanted to not adopt the King out of his son. I don't know, but that's possible. But the other thing, I don't know if his son wants to be another Dr. King, his father. I don't know if God had that in, as part of the plan. But there's something more to it. Uh, matter of fact, there's a lot more to it. The thing of, for instance, um, the incident, the accident of President Kennedy's son crashing in that bad weather and that plane and died on the coast of Connecticut, I think it was. I have no proof of anything and I really don't know. I'm only speaking to you about my musing, my mind wandering. And I often wondered if, if, you know, someone who has such a great future ahead of him, just form a company that was, looked like was going to be very, very successful, a magazine and whatnot. Why knowing that you are inexperienced and new to flying. Why would you fly a plane solo in extremely bad weather? What would be the chances of a deadly crash? I'm using that as an example to, to, to say that sometimes as we remember Dr. King and others and we are concentrating on Dr. King now, do we think about 
Dr. King's wife and his children. Often thought about Yolanda and her untimely passing also. What stress those children must have grown up. One, and I could just give you some examples, trying to live up to the name of such a great man. The pressure that they may have felt because they had to maybe prove some things to others or to themselves. And no matter what you, I'm sure that they were giving good advice. But no matter what you tell folk and tell young people, tell anyone, it's always easier said than done. Everything that don't go right, every every mistake, every wrong decisions is so much more amplified because you may be the son or the daughter or wife of someone very famous. There's a thing that uh, that is called PK and it just don't apply to pastors alone and their kids but there's this thing that uh, Sometimes pastors, leaders really, others need to be reminded of this PK thing. You know, pastor's kid. Oh, they get it from all sides. And sometimes the, the last people to realize what's going on with them and the very own parents sometimes other family members here's the thing as I said on Thursday night David didn't ask to be anointed God picked him out literally picked him out through Samuel. He asked for this. He was contented tending the sheep. And God forbid killing a Goliath or two. And serving God, praising God, and composing his poetry. And yet, when David got in trouble and took his family to the king and told them to make sure that his family was protected until he discovered what God had really planned for him. Hmm. 
I saw him close the night and again I say it again and again and again here. How not only faithful was David to his family, but how considerate he was of his family. And that's another thing that most people may not have realized about Dr. King. And he's not the only one. Great leaders. They cared about their family. They do care deeply about their family. And they themselves go through tremendous guilt. Because what they believe that their family had to go through. I know that on more than one occasions, Dr. King agonized over the safety of his family. Yet like Jeremiah, the call, the push that came from God to stand tall for justice and for righteousness was like fire shut up in his bones. If I could just share this in a way, explain myself in a way, it has to be, and I know it is, terrible emotional stress that you're doing what God has called you to do but you experience such great responsibility to your family now if God has called you, he has called you let me just put that in there right now even like Jeremiah rather be left alone God leave me alone I'm alright give somebody else the job I don't want the fame I don't want the notoriety but I don't need the threats in my life either but if God has called you let me lift this up because God is a compensating God and if he puts your family through stuff because of his anointing on you I know that he makes up the difference he does but nevertheless is still very very present on the person who is anointed. So I wanted to share that uh, with you because I think it's important that we pray for 
his children and grandchildren right now, the entire family, and others who have been put into places and positions that God has called them, that those families will be taken care of, and let us not forget them or compare them, God forbid, to others. They need our prayer and our support. And I can say now after all these many years that Martin Luther King III is doing exactly what God called him to do, not what God called his father to do. And he needs our prayer and our support more than we may realize. That's what young Kennedy really needed more than anything else. Not to be compared with his father, not to expect of him, particularly in heirs, that his father was well known for. No, but to be loved, admired, and respected, and be prayed for, and to be lifted up in their own way as God has called them to be. So when we read chapter 22 or so of First Samuel, let us see in David a God view our children, if we are leaders, or if you're just someone who stands tall for God and is called to do anything on behalf of God. And just like David sought to protect his family, so is God protecting our families and especially when we turn to God that when not only enough in us tension, anguish and anxiety rise up that we had not only our soul and ourselves over to God, but we hand our families, our children and grandchildren, and our cousins, even our friends, over to God, because they need His love, 
and his protections in ways that we may not realize. I, uh, I shared a little bit on Thursday night how my family was in the civil rights movement in another country and how we as young people growing up in the home and I was the very youngest I definitely didn't know everything was going on but a lot of significant things happened in our lives particularly in my life the life of my brothers who's two years older than me and part of uh, of uh, culture and everything else and maybe and no, I'm sure for our protection we weren't told everything some things that happened to us that uh, seemed kind of remarkable and as we got older though my grandparents passed away it was obvious to us that we could piece things together and the moving that there's some significant movements that we made changing the schools uh, and it all worked out hey hey listen <laughs> in the long run it all worked out for the best i certainly you know having to move from one school to another and had to take entrance examination to the special school and I had to skip many grades and sometimes i would say well i kind of missed out on some of my growing up but then uh, i come to realize that it worked out in the long run for the best and maybe a lot of things that came out in us and the success, little successes that we have in life that came about was the things that our family was trying to do to protect us from harm and from danger. So God works it out. That's the point I'm getting at. I am going to, by the time we finish studying the life of David look at his family more carefully because we might be amazed how God not only rewarded David for his care and his concern about his family but they were also rewarded so again on this Dr. Cain's day and let us pray for all those who are on the forefront of civil rights 
of righteousness and of justice. And let us, as we admire and we follow and we listen to some of the great leaders that we have had and still have, let us remember that they are not in a vacuum. They have families, spouses, children, grandchildren, even friends. Matter of fact, I was reading some stuff you may have. A lot of this stuff sometimes you don't know until the people pass. In the case of my parents and grandparents, I was reading about uh, Sidney Patea and some of the things that he was doing in the civil rights movement and some of the relationship that he formed with other people and how it affected them. God has his plan and he has, he, and if he has anointed you just continue to pray for his guidance because he just don't want he don't want just the best for you he wants the best for everybody who surrounds you I want to thank you for your time this afternoon ask that okay, let us continue to pray together and ask that God just make his face shine upon us. And as we pray and uh, uh, also think of, reflect on uh, 